Hi, I'm your host, Brittany Spence, and this is In the Face of Illness. We are a podcast committed to cultivating a greater understanding of the many resources available for families facing childhood illness, because we believe this is a vital topic of conversation, not only for families in the throes of the fight, but for everyone. Ultimately, we are here to offer hope in the face of illness. Nicole and Landon Williams are native Memphians and currently reside in the East Memphis area. Landon works as a commercial real estate broker with Cushman and Wakefield Commercial Advisors, and Nicole works at home with their two children. In 2015, Nicole gave birth to their daughter, Vivian, who was born at 32 weeks of pregnancy. After a few weeks in the NICU, Vivian was able to go home and is currently thriving as the typical kid in the first grade at Evangelical Christian School. In 2017, Nicole gave birth to their son, Everett, who was born at 24 weeks of pregnancy. Everett was born with grade three and four brain bleeds, a hole in his heart that didn't naturally close, and an intestinal disease. After 19 surgeries, almost all at Labonner, Everett is now a five-year-old boy who loves people and life and has a seemingly never-ending supply of energy. The Williams family is still on a strenuous journey, but it is a journey they enjoy one day at a time. Uh, we are excited to have Landon Williams with us today. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about um, their medical journey, mainly with Everett, but I know that they also have a medical journey with their daughter as well. So we're going to touch a little bit, but we're mainly going to talk about Everett. So thank you for being here with us today. We're glad to have you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about y'all's medical journey. So I would like for you to just touch on, I know that y'all had um, a, a medical journey as well with your daughter. Mm -hmm. So touch a little bit on that before we go into Everett. Yeah. So our daughter, who's who's older than Everett, her name's Vivian. She, uh, when when Nicole, my wife Nicole, was pregnant with Vivian, uh, her Nicole's water broke at 30 weeks. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, Vivian didn't come yet. So we, we, we were able to get to the hospital. Uh, fortunately, the, the team was able to keep Vivian inside uh, of Nicole's womb uh, for two weeks or so. She was born at 32 weeks. Those two weeks were critical mm -hmm. uh, in terms of a number of things that were developing for Vivian then. And uh, But it was pretty scary, uh, uh, as we'll touch on with Ever in a minute. Wasn't as scary as it could have been, but we didn't know that at the time. Uh, so so anyway, it, she was born. She came out. She stayed in the NICU for about three weeks or okay. I think to the day, three weeks. Okay. And uh, then went home with a monitor. Just she had uh, just some she occasionally would just stop breathing. Mm -hmm. And so that would alert us uh, when she would stop breathing. And candidly, the monitor was so loud that it would even wake her up oh, uh, to okay. to yeah. uh, to you know, she would start breathing again. So uh, she was three pounds, 13 ounces and is now uh seven years old going on 17 yeah. and uh and she is uh just as happy and healthy and loving life uh as a as a what we call a typical kid you know so nicole was admitted two weeks in the hospital monitored the whole time so nicole really when you add on vivian's that was five weeks mm -hmm. of her being in the hospital and then the NICU stay correct that's okay it. man vivian i mean still that means she went home really at 35 weeks where a lot of times they tell you to expect all the way until 40. So did y'all think like this may be eight weeks long or was she just making milestones that y'all were able to see like, okay, we're probably going to get home sooner. Well, you're actually spot on. It was, we were, we were 
led to believe it could be all the way up till it was supposed to have been the 40 week mark. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, it was exactly right. We we're just waiting for it to hit certain milestones. Uh, now I'm going back in my memory bank, but I, I believe it was, you know, uh, her eating on mm-hmm. her own. She did not have a G2 or anything. So, uh, some of that was going on. Uh, also the breathing, uh, and, uh, at least to a certain point, breathing to a certain point of, yeah. uh, uh, where we could the the monitor would be sufficient because yeah. uh, she didn't have a trach or anything like that. It was just uh, yeah uh, uh, feeding you know. grow. They often call those feeding grow. So they're literally just kind of monitored while they're learning to feed, suck, swallow, breathe. Like figure out suck, swallow, be- breathe, and then also they're just monitored as they also grow. But often your premature babies around that size and age. They need more time to figure out how to suck, swallow, and breathe all at the same time. And so once they kind of master that, then they often can come home. So she obviously got that pretty relatively yeah, she, quickly. she did. And um, she, candidly, she had a really, we had a primary nurse for her mm-hmm. uh, that w- had been there forever. And and you could tell this was this lady was, was kind of next level good. Right. Uh, especially as it relates to teaching, mm-hmm. kind of working with Vivian on the, on those, uh, the feed, suck, swallow yeah. uh, techniques. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vivian took to it. Uh, so actually, I think part of the reason she got to go home earlier was because of this one particular nurse, wow. uh, which was, uh, we, we even kept up with years later uh, whenever it came along at some point. In and what hospital were y'all at for Vivian? The Baptist Women's Hospital in East Memphis. The whole time. That's correct. Okay. Okay. So Vivian's home. Y'all, you know, obviously newborn stuff is hard on its own. You add in there apnea monitors and the beeping and all that stuff. So y'all decide, you know, let's let's do this again. Let's have another child get pregnant. Kind of tell me about that. Were y'all worried? Was there something that showed that potentially this could happen again, where the doctor's like, this was a one-time thing for her to go into preterm labor. What was kind of that? Yeah, so that we were worried. The doctors didn't know why uh, that happened with Vivian. Okay. And and, and there was no there was no rhyme or reason, uh, uh, you know, in that particular instance. So uh, we did get pregnant again. Nicole got pregnant, and unfortunately, we had a miscarriage okay. that go around. That hear. would have been uh, just a, a year and a half. Uh, or no, yeah, a year after Vivian was born. Okay. Uh, and then when it was safe to uh, for Nicole to be pregnant again, uh, that's when we got pregnant with Everett. Okay. And uh, and th- at that point, now we're talking Vivian came along with her, uh, you know, being born so early, and then the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. They started uh, recommending these uh, shots for Nicole to take on a weekly basis that were intended to try to uh, – prevent the early okay. yeah that's right okay that's right okay uh and so she took those uh, every week uh, or had them had them uh, given to her and you know i don't think uh, who knows if if mm-hmm. she got to everett's uh, delivery as far as we did along the way because mm-hmm. of them or not but uh you know yeah but it's what they told you to do that's what they told us to do yeah, yeah. okay so pregnancy up until delivery, did it go well? Was it, were you seeing things that showed signs? Like, was he trying to come early? Was any of that, that first kind of 20, 20 weeks, I guess? Everything was going great. Okay. Uh, everything was going, I say great. Yeah. Uh, everything was going the way it's supposed to go, I yeah. guess. Nicole okay. was feeling sick uh, at times and yeah. uh, was, you know, eventually kind of came out of that. You know, yeah. The, the rhythm very typical. Of, that's right. Very typical okay. is a good word for it. Okay. okay. And, uh, 
there was uh, nothing that sort of alerted us to anything, but uh, nothing on the horizon. That's right. In fact, yeah. we even. I forget what you call it, but we had the testing, the blood testing done mm-hmm. to try to uh, understand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anything we could uh, mm-hmm. about what was going on. Everything we found out it was going to be a boy. Er, you know, everything was came back uh, uh, to be projected to be sort of a typical okay situation. Okay, okay. So then lead me up towards kind of delivery. Yeah. So uh, uh, actually, we were. Let's see. Uh, it was. Uh, about 23 and a half weeks or so of pregnancy that Nicole's water broke again. Okay. And uh, actually- On just a very typical day? I'm telling you wrong. She went to her doctor for a, for a checkup, for okay. a typical checkup. Okay. And they that's when they told her, you're you're actually in labor, I think I'm telling you correctly. Wow. And uh, and so you need to, they, they might have taken her to the hospital right away. I get a call. I'm just a normal business work day. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, oh no, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, and so- uh, we went to the hospital just to try to, you, you know, who knows? Uh, I mean, I'm thinking the worst, but uh, but I'm also thinking like, you know, mm-hmm. let's just sit there and find out. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it's just precaution okay. uh, situation. So we get there and uh, to Baptist Women's again, mm-hmm. and they took great care of her. Uh, they put her just like with Vivian. They put her on the magnesium mm-hmm. uh, to try to slow or, or stop the, the, the labor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is just, uh, I, I've never been on it, but I've yeah. seen it twice. And it yeah. is, it is uh, really terrible. terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so Nicole experienced the, uh, the, the, everything that's terrible about that. And so in that process uh for Vivian, it, it did seem to be effective because mm-hmm. she stayed in for a couple more weeks uh, with Everett. Eventually, Nicole, her Nicole got infected, mm-hmm. uh, an infection of some sort. Okay. And uh, and when they discovered that, that the medical team discovered, actually, there was one one nurse who had just come in uh, on her night shift duty, uh, and uh, and she she was with it. She noticed it pretty immediate. And, and was basically like, hey, this this baby's got to get out for for the baby's life and Nicole's life. So, wow. uh, so they it was it was, was it a because whirlwind. she had had she at that point had her water broke and there was no water. What what do they think the infection really was? It could have they don't know. Okay. Could have been just anything in the hospital. Okay. Could have been. But uh, she was just showing signs of having an infection. Yep, that's okay. exactly right. Okay. And okay. Uh, the the some of the you know all the uh, temperature the. Uh, mm-hmm. feeling she was getting, you know, everything was kind of leading up to that, okay. uh, unbeknownst to she or I. Okay. Uh, and so eventually they were like, hey, the baby's got to come out and it's got to come out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Which, uh, so tells y'all, y'all realize we're at 23 and a half weeks. This is really scary. This mm-hmm. is really early, really mm-hmm. scary. Um, but nothing we can do. This has to happen. Yep. So wheel her away or does she get to deliver or did they c-section what are they doing so they did c-section okay they, they wheeled her away pretty quick I, I was disconnected with her for a period of time i guess while they were prepping and then they they reconnected us uh when when she was about to deliver uh or mm-hmm. they're about to do the c-section and uh it was candidly it was pretty traumatic it was pretty bad uh yeah. you, you you uh uh you don't want to have to go through it uh yeah. uh you know, there was a lot uh, of amazing uh, sort of uh, coming out of it, a lot of amazing things that came out of it. But uh, but it was a I remember it with such so clearly because uh, yeah. it's just one of those life moments. And you're in the, that operating room and 
you remember exactly how bright it was, exactly the temperature, mm-hmm. exactly, you know, mm-hmm. what Nicole's looking like and what she's going through. And, um, she doesn't remember it quite as well, uh, just yeah. because of the trauma she was going through. Yeah. Yeah. So deliver him. And how does he come out? Like, how does he look when he comes out? Do you know right away? Like, yeah. So, so we knew it was bad. Uh, okay. they, they, uh, Based upon just this is what weak he is or based upon other things? Yes and yes. So okay. so uh, based upon what weak he is and, and, and just the uh, the way it had to be so sudden because Nicole was uh, was going through an infection. Okay. Uh, we knew that it was it, it was it was going to be just risky business all the way around in terms yeah. of, of of what the results could be. But then uh, once I uh, once I got. Once, once the, they they pulled the baby out, the, the doc, they actually had me come around the curtain, um, and and I let me take a picture of him, and he was uh, very uh, almost purple. Wow. Um, okay. And and oddly enough, uh, I have to go back to this picture, but you know, on iPhones, uh, where you can click on the picture and and it's you get, yeah, you get yeah. A, just a quick like one second. Yeah. You can hear the doctor say something along the lines of, "He didn't have good chances before, and it's not looking good." Just, wow. Yeah, something like that. On uh, that photo. Yeah, and so, uh, so anyway, it's pretty eerie. It was uh-huh. eerie at the time. I remember it, and I was uh, trying to, uh, trying to temper the the shock and sadness of that situation with uh, just hopefulness, and mm-hmm. also trying to. Nicole was yeah. still. I mean, she was awake, but not right. Uh, totally with it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So you see him take a picture. Truly don't know. Like, mm-hmm. is he going to make it, not mm-hmm. make it? Do they immediately rush him off to work with him? Correct. Does Nicole yep. even get to see him? No. No. Doesn't see him at all? I don't think so. No. Okay. Okay. So rush him off to work on him. You're staying in kind of by Nicole as they're finishing mm-hmm. up everything they have to finish up. Mm-hmm. Are, how quickly are you told about his stability, like how he's doing? So, I mean, is it in there? You're like, I don't know. I don't know if he's alive. If he's not, I don't know what's yeah, happening. Yeah, we. That's right. He's he. We're separated from him. They they bring Nicole and me back to a a little room for her to recover in, okay. just a little yeah. little area. Uh, and she's coming out. So that that is kind of my first and foremost is she was right going through a world of uh, coming out of that something I never knew about, but coming out of it, she was shaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mm-hmm. uh, evidently is yeah con- common. some anesthesia stuff. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and, um, I had it too. and so, uh, so I didn't know, I didn't know, we did not know what was going on with that. I was just trying to make sure she was okay. okay. And, uh, and so that was the mm-hmm. kind of the plan A at the moment. Okay. And so did they come back and kind of say, this is what's going on? Did y'all have to ask? Did y'all wait till you went to your room? Kind of, how did you hear news of like, what's happening with Everett? I don't remember. Okay. I do not remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, of the, the, all I recall is the uh when nicole kind of came out of it she was asking me uh the you know how's he doing or what's and i told her what the doctor told me Mm. and uh and she to my surprise i thought she was gonna you know she was she had uh, just a ton of uh what's uh fortitude of like all right let's start praying you know let's just go and uh and so immediately i was like all right um you need to quit sulking. Let's just get to it. She, yeah. she kind of drove me to, yeah. um, and so, so that started a, a, just a, the beginning. I mean, we, we had already had a, a, us and a lot of people praying, knowing yeah. the severity of the situation, but that was like, that became the focus at that yeah. point. We, yeah. we don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. Um, 
but we're going to pray. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So where then, let's just go from there. What do you remember next? Like kind of what do you remember as far as kind of Everett and next steps? And did he stay at Baptist? Did he go straight somewhere else? So I don't know if this is a, uh, the fact that I don't recall anything, I remember so much clarity, a certain yeah. part of this story. No, this is called the body protecting you a little bit. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely, because there's definitely things that like David remembers a lot better than I do. And there's things that I remember better. And for me, there's even, I can like pinpoint certain days where I can tell you certain aspects, but there's even things that I think. I somewhat think I remember, or is it because people have told me? And um, so I think part of it is is a little bit of shock. And so your body, your mind was kind of protecting you from it all. And so obviously you're worried so much about Nicole and everything else that, you know, your body can only, your mind and body can only take on so much. So there's no part of me that's like, what? How does he not know? Like, I'm, I'd be more surprised if you knew everything and you ha- didn't have parts where you're like, I have no idea. Yeah. Just all of a sudden... I realized he was blank. He was somewhere or whatever. So kind of what is your next then from there? Kind of what do you remember? Yeah, so I remember while he was still at Baptist in the Baptist NICU uh, for uh, almost a month. Okay. He was there. I recall recall him being... you know, this basically he was, he was one pound, six ounces. I think I'm telling you at one point, okay. one pound, five ounces. Uh, so I recall him, him being just being able to fit in my hand, uh, wow. you know, as just one hand. Uh, and, and then I also recall him being very, uh, purple, mm-hmm. uh, which we found out later he was going through Same septic. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. He, he had, uh, and, and we were just before, before that full going septic took place, we were, uh, trying to see, Understand. They were just keeping track of him. At one point, I guess you would call him sort of a typical NICU baby. Is mm-hmm. is uh, he was? They were monitoring everything, uh, breathing. I mean, not, he's twenty four weeks, so uh, mm-hmm. it it's there was a lot to monitor and a lot mm-hmm. to keep up with. Uh, his his heart, the hole in his heart, had not closed like it does for the rest of us. Yeah, and uh, that was something we were all. Yeah, I think they were keeping an eye out mm-hmm. uh, real closely for. Uh, so I recall that part in the NICU. Uh, you know, at Baptist, uh, leading up to the, the the eventual next thing was he had perforations in his intestines. Okay. Uh, and that was what was causing him to go to be septic, if okay. you will. And and so they they had to do a the first uh, procedure or surgery on him uh, at Baptist. Okay. On day, uh, maybe in the first week or so. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's had so t- so far in all his surgeries have been I think nineteen or twenty now wow. is what he's up to but uh, but that was the first and with each one uh, for most of them not all of them but certainly those beginning surgeries it's you're not sure if he's going to make it out uh, you know and so uh, so I do recall that and then obviously uh, I recall or obvious to me we recall Nicole and I do day twelve coming into day thirteen was um, the day that it got so bad he was. He was he was going to die. We saw how uh, infected he was, how purple he was. They were mm-hmm. they had his uh, his uh, they had given him the most extreme or strong oxygen system that they could, mm-hmm. and they turned it up as high as it would go. Mm-hmm. And we could see that he was still not saturating, uh, you know, in the levels that he should have been. He was struggling, and and you could just look at him and see uh, how distended and everything mm-hmm. his his belly was. Uh, 
even for such a little guy. But uh, but they had him on three, I think it's three blood pressure medicines, trying to get his blood pressure up mm-hmm. uh, because it was so low. And so effectively, and, and I totally, the medical team there was fantastic. They they were they were doing what they could mm-hmm. uh, given just the, his condition. But I remember back to that that dose of clarity. I recall where they were you know, where the doctor was in front of me, where our primary nurse at the time was to my left, Nicole was to my right. And they were basically giving us the, the choice of uh, a DNR, do not resuscitate the next time everything dips for him, or, uh, or, or he could have the surgery that they were confident wasn't going to work. Uh, and they didn't, and you nor I would want, they, they didn't want to die while they're working on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, I mean, we all knew. Yeah. So we, we just asked, could they keep them going through the day and let us think about it, pray about it, okay. and we'd give them our response. And uh, so we we did. We uh, They did. They said yes and, uh, and and let us stay there at the hospital that night. At this point, we had already gone. Nicole was yeah. uh, discharged, discharged okay. and we had gone home. So they let us gave us a room to stay at the hospital knowing the situation. Um, but... Uh, that night, the night nurse came in, and uh, and so I'd go in and check every so often, every hour, and she would say, you know, I'd go in and she'd be like, well, you know, he was he was uh, he was actually oversaturating, so I turned his oxygen down just a little bit, okay. and then I went back in, and she was like, well, he was his blood pressure was getting a little too high, so we t- cut this one down a little bit, and I go back in, and each time it, it was this uh, like total as close as I can get. Uh, that I know with my own eyes of seeing a miracle mm-hmm. on earth uh, happened that night mm-hmm. through the night. And uh, the next morning uh, the, the surgeon came in and said he did exactly what we needed him to do. Uh, and they're like, we, we don't know if he'll, sur- we know he'll, we think he'll survive the surgery. We don't know if he'll survive after the surgery, but that's our recommendation. Let's go through with surgery. Okay. So like, let's go. Yeah. And um, anyway, so they went in and, and uh, repaired uh, or cut out a, a good bit of his intestines okay. uh, that was infected, okay. and uh, and he survived the surgery. Wow! Uh, wow! Okay, yeah. and so stay comes out of that recovery from that, and then when do y'all find out that you need to go to Lebanon? So the hole in his heart didn't close. Okay, uh, and there, uh, Doctor Sham at Lebanon uh, has this uh, kind of. My understanding, almost a, is kind of a pioneer for doing this particular heart surgery on these super, you know, these mm-hmm. major micro primaries. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so we decided, hey, that's I mean, we, that's what he needs. That's yeah. where we got to go. And so we transported him to Lebanon, which was uh, in the grand scheme of everything is probably shouldn't say, this, but it was actually a really neat process. Uh, I mean, these these folks that do this this. Uh, to transfer them to the, from hospital to hospital, it was it was a machine. Yeah. They had it down. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they got on a Lebanon, uh, sit in front of uh, Doctor Sham, and he tells us, "Hey, you know, this will be my 503rd uh, baby to do this on. Mm-hmm. I've had two fatalities, mm-hmm. uh, so I, there, there is risk here. Yeah. But here's here's what we're going to do." And he kind of walked us through it, and that's but it's whatever it needed. And okay. So they did the heart surgery, and and uh, this is about a month. You feel like? Yeah, it was like like day 29 or okay. something. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So does the heart surgery, he does fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so y'all are still, do you go back to Baptist or do you stay at Lebanon from then on? Uh, we stayed at Lebanon. Okay. Uh, we had the option. We loved the Baptist team, but uh, ultimately, given Everett's severity, we didn't uh-huh. want to go through another transfer, Yeah. Okay. first of all. And then secondly, 
just given all the, there was still all these problems going on despite the heart mm -hmm. uh, situation going well, that, that surgery going well. So we just decided, hey, let's let's stay here where okay where we are at Lamonter. And so, um, so I know just from the y'all's length of stay that there obviously was a lot more obstacles and things for him to overcome. So, kind of what was his? I guess what were some of his biggest obstacles that he really had to overcome? You know, as y'all were at Lamonter, what were his it's, biggest things? So the biggest one that uh, still affects us to this day, affects Everett to this day, is uh, the intestinal disease. Okay. Uh, that the, the, the surgery that we, the first one that we had that he ended up surviving and mm -hmm. uh, that we cut out, and the, the surgeon cut out the diseased uh, section of the intestines, uh, th th they didn't cut out all of it. Okay. Uh, so it, it ended up perforating, and okay. he had to go back in get it, get that section cut out, another section cut out, Okay. went, closed them up and, and ended up perforating again. Mm. Uh, so I had to go back in four times. Everett had NEC. Um, and so one of the things they definitely try to do that I know of is that they try to cut the least amount that they can. They obviously have to cut what is infected because of the septic and getting sicker and sicker, but they want to cut the least amount that they can because they want them. It's important. There's a reason why our small and large intestines is as long as it is, because it's important that food is digested in a certain way. So with Everett, obviously his first surgery, they tried to do as little as they could. So, and and I'm sure too, had no idea that he would perf later. Mm -hmm. So perfs have to cut that part out. And then you're saying that happened literally four times. I believe that's correct. Uh, where we, we, the the what they they were thought they were cutting all the diseased yeah. sections okay and and ultimately it would it would come back later and and, and, and that would be again. diseased again something mm -hmm. would be diseased perf okay and maybe just didn't see it the first time or, wow. or you know whatever and uh, he still was you also have to say he was still so tiny right that's during right during all this I mean mm -hmm. we're talking about like two three four pounds right yep yeah correct okay yep. which I mean as just a lay person here I can't even imagine operating on. You know, when you said that earlier, I mean, that he could fit in the palm of your hand, mm -hmm. you know, obviously as you get two, three, four, they're a little bit bigger than that, but not really. I mean, you're still talking about like a, you know, maybe a little, a small doll kind of thing, mm -hmm. if that, Barbie to a doll somewhere around there. So they're opening him up, taking out what's, what's um, necessarily actually, it's, it's a lot of times they say dead, that it's mm -hmm. like dead on the dead inside. Dead intestines, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so taking that, reattaching it, but with Everett... They would even when they have him rest, like he would have. A... Yeah, so they would they would uh, actually for a period of time uh, leave the two the two not cut connected. pieces not connected yep. and and have stomas or or, or put, put it basically outside of his right his body wall there and and uh, so we would feed kind of through that. That's yeah. uh, sometimes we would. There's really neat processes that go along with with modern research and what they're doing. But uh, but then after he sort of got stable again and strengthened, uh, you know, there are a variety of trackers. They would come back in usually like six weeks later okay. is typically the time frame. They would come back in, reconnect them, okay, and then let that heal okay. before they let you go home. So let it heal. Y'all are all like, okay, is this it? And then and then you would see signs that he was maybe getting sick again. Yeah, that's right. It's, okay. It turns pretty quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, and our understanding is. Or what we were led to believe that ninety nine percent of NEC cases are are 
one surgery one done. surgery done yeah. yeah or or disconnect let them you know heal up and then reconnect you know but yeah uh, this multiple times of of this happening was very odd yeah and yeah. so just a unique situation in fact one time we were just about ready to go home for the first time to take him home for the first time uh, probably six months after he was born and the day after they were sort of preparing that process it happened again and wow. uh and so uh at one point in time uh they they actually kept his intestines out of his body uh and just kept him over a period of about five days kept him in somewhat of a dazed or controlled you know very mm -hmm. sleepy state and had his intestines elevated right there above them uh, and they would come in every other day and wash them out and, and within surgery you know wow. wash them out and uh, that was a pretty crazy time yeah. but uh just to make sure that there was like no infection left in essence like clean it out wash it out like the way my husband washes out infections inside of a knee or a joint same sort of thing like yeah they're in essence cleaning it out so hopefully there's no infection left that when they close it, it would go bad again. Yeah, I think that was, there are probably other other wow. reasons for doing it. Uh, but yeah, I think that was a big part of it. Wow. Okay. So obviously that six month, you think you're ready to go home. I can only imagine how excited, over the moon, and then it happens again. Yep. So how long do y'all end up staying in the hospital total? He came home. Uh, at some point you quit counting days, uh, yeah. but he came home when he was nine months old. Wow. Okay. Uh, and that was that was the first time he'd been home. You know, mm -hmm. uh, he had been in one hospital yeah. for about a month, and then and then the other eight months at La Bonner. Okay. And uh, and so that's that was that started that that was nine months straight, and then for the next probably call it two or three years, uh, I would say about one probably on average about one week a month, something like that. Uh, wow. That he would be back in the hospital. Okay. Uh, never, it never, it wasn't exactly like that. Sometimes it'd be two weeks at a time, and we'd go a couple months without being in, yeah. or a couple days at a time. And what were, and, and were those a variety of reasons what would bring y'all back in? So he had, at this point, he has something officially called short bowel syndrome. Yep. Okay. Which he still has, yeah. uh, and common when you get that much intestine. Yeah. And so he, he actually had a, uh, a port for to get everything through TPN mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, that was growing him and keeping him alive. Also had a G tube, okay. and we ran both. But uh, anytime that that uh, that central line gets, if he gets a, if if it gets infected, okay. he can be dead pretty quick. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so the first sign of infection is a fever. Okay. So most any typical kids, mm -hmm. uh, you get fever. I mean, you know, you wake yeah. up on a Tuesday and you have a fever for whatever reason. You yeah. Know? And so. Every time he got a fever, we had to go to the ER okay. and and they had to do all the tests on him and wait for two or three days at minimum to to confirm that he actually just to confirm that it actually is a fever and it's not okay. an infection of central line. Okay. Now he did get infected in his central line once or twice. Okay. But we were at the hospital in time; they were hitting the antibiotics in time. Okay. To where he made it through that. Okay. How is he doing today? He's he is uh, he's five now. And he is, uh, he's got cerebral palsy. Okay. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, and he's, but he's, his central line is gone. Okay. He, uh, is doing great. Honestly, he, he, wherever he is right now, he's got a smile on his face. The yeah. boy is always smiling. Uh, that's uh, he, uh, he is just now in February started walking oh, and is, wow. uh, is doing incredible and, and kind of developing, growing through that each and every day. And, 
he's a he's a floppy walker, but he's walking and uh, he's got a big sense of humor. Uh, he's not <laughs> he's not verbal, but uh-huh. but uh, there's no lack of clarity on what he's talking about or yeah. wanting to, wanting to know and, yeah. and, and communicate. And uh, and so uh, constantly working through. Uh, all the different development milestones that you would your, mm-hmm. you, you know, typical baby. Uh, he's just working through them five years later. Okay. Uh, okay. It's kind of what, what it appears for us. Is he eating? So as of July, uh, July the 5th, uh, he is of 2022. He is, uh, he has not had anything through his G tube since then. Wow. Uh, any food we've, we've supplemented some water okay. uh, here and there, okay. uh, but, uh, but no food through, through his G tube since then. Wow. So his weight is, the time will tell if that's, you know, if his, his intestines are strong enough to distribute and use the nutrients like okay. they're supposed to, but okay. his weight has, uh, has grown a little bit, okay. uh, not as much as we'd like. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, okay. He okay. also could just be you know, a boy and, uh-huh. uh, and learning to walk and getting around. That's and, right. Yeah, Moving more using and, his energy. Uh, that's right. But so. he'll, I mean, now just take food in my mouth mm-hmm. is okay with it. Cause I'm sure just as I know often, I mean, he was intubated so many times through that and struggled that that often there, there ends up being a huge food aversion. Oh, any sort of oral, oral. aversion. So okay. th- to the point, Brittany, we would, uh, we would, he would just see a toothbrush, like as we were putting toothpaste on it, and he would start throwing up. Wow! Because it it was just it, his oral aversion was so strong, uh, he didn't want that touch in his mouth, and it just caused him to throw up. Wow! It, it was. A, it was wow. So, what did y'all do to kind of move past that with him? So he he's been fortunate to have uh, a whole team of a whole medical team, therapist, okay. variety of. Uh, uh, speech therapists, physical therapy, occupational therapy, uh, some behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. uh, just a whole team that's that's worked with them and with, along with us, uh, kind of working alongside and kind of filling in the gaps of his actual therapy sessions. But uh, essentially the way we've approached it, uh, probably without perfection, but the way Nicole and I have approached it the whole time is if it were us, mm-hmm. what would we want? Mm-hmm. So uh, on certain certain times where there's kind of like a gray area of should we do this for him or do that, uh, it's like well okay knowing if it were me what would I want so mm-hmm. where that come, as an example it's like uh, all right his his fever he had a central line mm-hmm. and his fever was kind of at that point where it's like okay it's technically a fever mm-hmm. but it's yeah you know, do we do do we need to go is it do is it time to go to the ER mm-hmm. yet. Uh, and I and Nicole and I would look at each other and say, you know what? If it's not convenient for our family, mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a really, uh, a, 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 it's probably nothing. We just had three times in the hospital and it was nothing. But if it were me, I'd be going to the hospital mm-hmm. right now. And, and so that's what we're going to do forever. Okay. So, so that also played out in therapy sessions. Okay. Uh, it's hey, uh, there's another spot he can open up and do twice a week. Uh, well, we're going to do it because it's you know it's yeah. uh, we want to try to get him as much help as we can. Okay. Okay. So lots of therapy, lots of working with them, obviously lots of patience too, Mm -hmm. as he learns to overcome, you know, everything that he had to go through. And I mean, it's amazing to me. I think we think, well, they were so young and they, you know, he was so little and we think about ourselves. We don't remember anything before nine months, but man, there's even a book that's called The Body Keeps Score that, you know, Everett's body has kept score on 
all the things, you know? And so obviously that really manifested itself in, like you said, oral aversion. And I have seen it, I mean, time and time again, those um, children too, but especially babies that had lots of different things, but especially in regards to um, intubation, things happening in that regard, really do tend to struggle with that, having things in their mouth, um, things that have gone from that. So that is really amazing. I mean, so in 2022, he's learned to walk. Mm-hmm. He's eating fully by mouth. Yep. Golly, getting around, communicating to y'all. Yep. He's growing great. He's, uh, is he going to school? He goes to a, a two day kind of mother's day out uh-huh. program. That's, that's set up for special needs kiddos, yep. uh, or to some extent. Okay. And I think my kids went there. Special kids, special families. Yeah, uh, it's a, Independent pros. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Serves. Serves. That's exactly uh-huh. right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, it is. That's amazing. Uh, My kids went. I love that program. The, those people. Uh, yeah. They're saints. I don't, I don't know what they get paid, saints. but it ain't enough. It ain't yeah. enough. <laughs> it ain't enough. Um, yeah. I agree. But uh, they just. Well, and even typical. I mean, my kids went as typical kids, but seeing them there pushing the strollers, all the things. I mean, it, it, it really is one of the most beautiful programs in the city by far. So that's awesome. So he goes there two days a week. Yep. And, okay. and the, he goes there for a variety of reasons. One is so that Nicole can get a little bit of a break, yeah. but two, it's just for his own development, yeah. you know, being around other kids. Yeah. Uh, and that one great thing about that program is, uh, it's, you have uh, a good mix of special uh-huh. needs kids and, and typical, typical kids. Yeah which uh, is good for both sets yeah. of kids, yeah, right? 100%. And, yeah. uh, and so we love it, yeah. you know, but That's we're, awesome. we're sorting through now. What is, what's next, what's next? next? Okay. which as we're talking to other families and uh-huh. uh, as we're, this whole experience for us has truly, uh, certainly it's good to plan, uh, you know, in anything in life, no doubt. Uh, but it really forces you to, to, if you think too big picture about what's going to happen mm-hmm. with all this, it can be pretty demoralizing because yeah. you're thinking, you sort of think, we don't know. We don't, yeah. you know, uh, we don't know how long ever will live to be. We don't mm-hmm. know uh, what, what all this looks like, but it sort of really leads you back to focus on today. Yeah. And, uh, and so that has helped encourage us along the way yeah. uh, as we think about, well, even uh, today he's, uh, he had his, uh, they had a little Mother's Day out, a little field trip where he got mm-hmm. to go. They'd go outside and do uh, something different and unique. And yeah. Nicole went. And I've seen a picture. He was smiling real big that Nicole was there. And yeah. uh, and so today's a great day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, there's all sorts of where he's going to go to school, when he's going to start school, what that's going to look like. We don't know all those answers yeah. yet. Um, yeah. And we'll figure it out in time. But yeah. uh, but just even for where y'all are today and to think back five years ago, and, and having the news and the the not knowing whether he'll live through the night and the different things, never even imagining where y'all could possibly be today and the things that he's doing. And, and I know, I feel like, you know, through a podcast, we're obviously not able to spend forever and ever and ever telling his story. I do know, you know, that y'all have obviously had a lot of ups and downs, you know, with him, him having to go to some intensive therapy things. And um, like you said, uh, you know, you kind of quickly said we often have a week, a month or more, you know, or, or two weeks when we don't, that wears on families. I mean, for sure, you know, we just, if we take a step back and think through that, you know, you said, well, we had nine months straight and they were able to go home. But, you know, obviously every time Everett is admitted to the hospital, it, it 
majorly affects your whole entire family because you have Vivian, who mm-hmm. still very much needs her parents. Mm-hmm. You've got a job. Nicole's got her job. I mean, there's different things that affect it as well. So um, I just, I know from knowing y'all and getting to know y'all that y'all have done so well. I mean, truly, I think with what has been handed to you and given to you, Everett is so happy. You can tell how much he knows he's loved and cared for. And um, y'all have been amazing advocates for Everett, um, you know, from those first moments to now, because, you know, he obviously couldn't speak for himself. And so y'all were his advocates and able to really stand up and say, um, and I loved what you said. I think, I think families are really going to listen to that and hear that of you saying, if it was me, what would I want, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think you said it so beautifully in the way of like, okay, really, this fever is probably going to end up being, you know, not anything. But God, we'll, ne- we'll never forgive ourselves mm-hmm. if it was something. And we didn't go and we didn't do it. It disrupted kind of everything, you know, cost us financially, emotionally, physically, all that stuff. But we have to do what we have to do to make sure that he's safe and healthy. And um, and I just think the way that you put that for families is really beautiful, just to think through that. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. The you know, throughout this journey, and it really is a journey, and we're still on it. Uh, the it's interesting. Uh, we've we've seen others go through it. Just being in the NICU, mm-hmm. no matter how long you're there, you you see, uh, you you know, your neighbor comes in and goes out, or you get there and they're already there and they're still there when you leave. You know, yeah. there's 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 a, a spectrum mm-hmm. of situations and uh, people that are there, but you get connected on some level, whether it's in the uh, yeah. in the, uh, the, the, uh, lunchroom area, uh, or whatever. But what has really among many things, um, number one is our faith, right? Mm-hmm. That has, God has uh, sustained us, mm-hmm. uh, and, and provided for us like no one or, or we could ever do so. Um, but secondly, as a part of that sustainment and provision, he has surrounded us with a whole bunch of people to come along beside us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that has been a big help. And and one thing as we're as we ever so often are presented with the opportunity to to help other families or or thinking through, we've got one Nicole and I are thinking about right now that we're uh, uh, hoping to be able to help. Uh, but unfortunately, that family's a bit on an island. And so our our encouragement is and is going to be, hey, let's introduce you to these people. These people, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't have a good support network, we'll we'll help you and be a part of that, and we'll introduce you to others that can because. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does get, uh, it, it just, I can't imagine somebody doing it on an Island without that, without that framework or foundation of support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's really, I mean, that, that's really why the fun started. I mean, the fun started because of, I mean, our story, but more so the stories of others who were on that Island and where we said, just like you said, I can't imagine being on that Island. I can't imagine not having, your extended family, your, I mean, your, your immediate family, your extended family, the community, your neighbors, the way that, that, um, you know, families do have support, but not everybody has that. And, um, it's already, I mean, I think you can attest to that too. It's, it's such a lonely journey to be on because it really does feel like no one understands what you're going through and your story is your story. And even though there, you know, I, I know of others who children have short gut syndrome and, um, short bowel syndrome. I, I do know their story is not your story. It's not Everett's story. And so even though that 
may be something that you can connect on. Um, you know, it's not the same story. And so it already is a very lonely journey. It's a very lonely place to be. Um, you know, David always uses the example of, you know, nowhere and what to expect when you're expecting. Is there a section that says what happens when a doctor says, I think your child may die. Mm -hmm. There's no section on that of, well, let me flip and see what do I say next? What do I do next? What, how do I keep my marriage intact? How do I keep my faith intact? How do I, you know, how do I make sure that my own, the grandmother of this child doesn't, you know, break down? I, there's no section of anybody that's written that. And even though we've been there and we've heard those words said to us, even if I was to write it, you know, to even if I did write a section of this what it's not, it's not the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so there's no way to say, well, this is what you do next, or this is what you do next. You can say, this is what we did. This is what helped us. This is one of the ways that we dealt with it. You know, a big thing for David and I was really fighting for our marriage because we knew that that was going to be a, a place that, you know, our faith is important to us too. And so we knew that was where the devil was going to attack was really mm -hmm. in our marriage. And mm -hmm. so we made a conscious effort to say, we're going to fight for our marriage and we're going to fight for each other because you're going to grieve one way and I'm going to grieve another. And the world wants us to think that you're grieving wrong or I'm grieving wrong when we're just grieving in our own way. But we need to continue to show up for each other and love each other and fight for this. And from that, it was blessed. I mean, not that it wasn't hard and, you know, to go through that, but looking back now saying, gosh, our marriage is so much stronger than I could have ever imagined on year four when Forrest got sick versus year 19. So that's exactly right. We, uh, Nicole and I are not, uh, you know, we don't have, we're not marriage counselors or mm -hmm. I don't have lots of data to go by this, but it, it, it we can certainly say with confidence that this, uh, when, when life presented us with this, with Everett's health and, and the whole thing, the whole journey we've been on, or would pre present any marriage with that, uh, I'd be very hard-pressed to say that anyone could stay within their marriage how they were mm -hmm. beforehand. Mm -hmm. I, would, I, would, I would actually expect it to either mm -hmm. go f grow further apart mm -hmm. and divide mm -hmm. or the opposite of growing closer together. And I, I've heard cases of both. And yeah. um, kind of how you described yeah. for you and David was the same for Nicole and me. It's, is the, uh, it, it has been such a blessing. Uh, I... You know, I wouldn't ever wish for anybody else to go through this, mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, th there's lessons we've learned mm -hmm. and growth we've had uh, as parents, as uh, uh, husband, wife, that we would have been able to grow and experience otherwise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So even even in Vivian and how mm -hmm. she's been raised as an older sister of a going through all this, uh, mm -hmm. uh, she is. Uh, from what we can tell, uh, seemingly even that much more of a mother hen mm -hmm. at seven mm -hmm. than she probably would have been otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and I mean that in a very good way, yeah. uh, uh or, yeah. or kind of a fun way really. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, uh, it, but it does take effort, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of goes, uh, it goes back to the, uh, the James one, uh, mm -hmm. James chapter one principle of, uh, you know, when, uh, these trials come our way, uh, I think it's, uh, it, it, they're they're used to grow us, mm -hmm. and uh, I am so uh, certainly without perfection, but so blessed that that God used uh, and is still using 
uh, the, the, our our whole journey to to constantly grow me, mm-hmm. uh, constantly grow Nicole. Yeah. And uh, even if she doesn't realize it, grow Vivian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and she'll she'll forever. I mean, I. I tell families often I'm like you know it's going to be used in a way it's going to be really interesting to see you know what Vivian does as far as what career she chooses which vocation what she does you know and 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 just the empathy that she is going to have and the way that she is going to see and look and love people differently you know because of what she went through and what she sees day to day with Everett and you know that's a really beautiful thing where I think the world wants to tell us like oh well you know, she's going to be affected in a different way because of, you know, her parents were in the hospital for nine months. No, the beauty is, you know, this can be such, like you said, an amazing thing for her, for who she's going to be and who she's molded to be. Um, so we'll just from on, on that note, actually, she uh, her kindergarten class, the teacher at the last day gives each of the students an award and uh, and her award this, or at, when she was in kindergarten was the Compassion Award. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, no, uh, no surprise there. That's but, uh, right. That's amazing. Anyway. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing with us his story and y'all's family story. And um, I just appreciate what y'all have done, like I said, being the advocate for him and, um, you know, working so hard to make sure that he gets the best care and, um, you know, the, the best possible outcome for him and just for your family. So thank y'all for, for yeah. everything. Hey, you're welcome. And we, we, I want to say, uh, on the record that we want to, you already know, we're thankful for the Forest Spence Fund, but, uh, candidly it, uh, there was so many ways, Nicole and I, as we were uh, thinking about uh, this, even this podcast, uh, kind of thinking, making sure we were, uh, you know, prepared for uh, how to tell our story, and uh, we're thinking about all the different ways that, uh, you know, my job's 100% commission, and I'm uh, not working with any sort of rhythm at all because of this, and uh, and yet the Forest Spence Fund uh, was was uh, I can think of three or four or five ways right off the top of my head where it's like, man. Uh, whether it's just the the monthly uh, uh, d- dinner that you guys host. Uh, in fact, we were telling a story where uh, my nephews and nieces, who mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, they got to come to one of those yeah. uh, dinners yeah. and actually get a get to taste and and literally taste, but also see and feel kind of what these families are going through, what mm-hmm. our family is going through, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was just a, even a blessing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention just the camaraderie of the families that get together mm-hmm. because of of that one meal mm-hmm. and, and the support that comes along with that, uh, even outside the meal. So, uh, thank you very much for, uh, for that and everything else that, uh, uh, even, uh, David now still a part of the CP clinic that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is now handling a lot of Everett's care. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he loves it. He really, really does. Well, thank you for everything y'all have done. And, um, we're just excited to see, Everett continue to grow and get stronger, and um, we know that uh, God's got big plans for that little boy. So thank you all for everything you do. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. We hope that this podcast is a resource for you and a source of support. Whether you are facing illness in your own family or want to walk beside other families dealing with childhood illness, We want the stories, wisdom, and knowledge shared to give you hope. Episodes will be released bi-weekly, so be sure to subscribe today.